0: People
1: should focus on outcomes of technology rather than what the technology, how it actually works and whether it's a deep learning algorithm and is it this kind of algorithm and so forth. Sure, you could answer that, but it's kind of, I feel like we've failed if those are the answers, the questions that we're we're getting. All of that complexity we're talking about has to be hidden from the salesperson. They just want the answer. Give me the result and maybe tell me how confident you are as a machine that this is correct. And most people don't ask how Siri works on an iPhone but but who cares right what people what people should be interested in is how accurate is that yeah. for the vast majority of people it's the result it's yeah. the output the technology that's secondary
0: Hello and welcome to episode 79 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that delivers practical insights to help you unlock your brand story and supercharge your business. I'm Amelia Veal, small business owner and storytelling superhero. Here at Narrative Marketing, we are passionate about the power of telling stories to help us learn and connect and also to build business relationships that drive sales. Artificial intelligence fascinates me both personally and professionally, from social media algorithms and facial recognition technology to messenger bots, the future of AI is happening here and now. My guest this week, returning again, is Matthew McCullowicz, and he was born into AI. The son of an AI scientist who has written several books on the subject, six-year-old Matthew spent time after school at the university where his father worked. The family would even attend artificial intelligence conferences while on holiday. Serial entrepreneur Matthew began his first AI business 20 years ago, when few understood the term. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Matthew tells me about his current AI venture, Complexica. We discuss the evolution of artificial intelligence, and he reveals whose jobs are most likely to be automated in the future. This is Matt's AI version of Be The Drop. To deliver you with even more value from this podcast, we have created a Facebook group called Brand Storytelling Superheroes. So jump over to Facebook and join the group today to access a range of our free resources to help you build success in your business. That's Brand Storytelling Superheroes, and you can find the group on Facebook. See
2: you there soon. Okay. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining me on the next episode of Be The Drop.
1: Thanks for having me back.
2: So it is. This is your coming back because there's an, an area of expertise that you're going into that I'm very interested in and would like to know more about. Sure. And that's artificial intelligence. Yes. So perhaps you can just tell me how did you get into AI and then a little bit more about sure. what you're doing.
1: Um, great question. So, uh, I was actually, this is going to sound strange, born into uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> the reason is that my father's an artificial intelligence scientist. Yeah. Uh, so, since the age of six, when I started school, uh, my primary school was right next to the university. And when I finished school, I'd go to the university and I'd wait for my father to finish. Uh, and then we go home together. So I really spent my entire upbringing around uh, topics like the Turing test and neural networks and machine learning and machine thinking. We were a very poor family growing up, so any vacations we had were to go to conferences on artificial intelligence. People that came over to our house were other artificial intelligence scientists, so never thought much of it. When I uh, graduated from the university and uh, started my first technology company, it was with my father to commercialize artificial intelligence but it wasn't anything new for either of us. He'd written, I don't know, 10 books by that time on Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence. What's different today is that when I began my first AI business 20 years ago, very few people had heard of the term. Like I remember being at a presentation, where someone asked, uh, what is artificial intelligence? Is, is that like aliens? <laughs> you can imagine how, you know, demoralizing that would be in a in a presentation. So what's changed today is everyone, you know, has heard about AI or they think they're an expert or, or so. That's the main thing that has changed.
2: I didn't even realize it had been a field for so long. Oh,
1: gosh, yeah. Long, long time. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, Ellen uh, Turing, the guy that broke the Enigma code, uh, yeah. created uh, really what, people describe as the first uh, conceptual computer. The technology at the time didn't exist for a lot of things that he wanted to do but he you know, asked the question will we e- ever be able to build a machine that when we interact with the machine we don't know that we're interacting with the machine and that became the yeah. Turing test. So we're talking about you know, World War II. The technology today and a lot of factors that have occurred in the last 10 years in particular have just made that field go like this though. Yeah. But it's been around for quite a while.
2: It's now really prevalent Yes. and through things like Facebook we're using basic versions of AI every day, pretty much. Is that correct?
1: A better example than Facebook, because Facebook is relatively new even as a company. Think about credit cards. Credit cards have been using neural networks uh, to determine what is fraudulent and what is not fraudulent for uh, almost 40 years. Wow! So there's Elements of artificial intelligence that have been around us, from an algorithmic point of view, that we're not aware of, but have act- interacted with it for ages. Yeah. And there's two areas of artificial intelligence. What there's general and specific. And general is the holy grail of artificial intelligence, which is to create a machine embedded into a robotic uh, uh, body that can do everything we can do, and you can have a conversation with it. You. If the skin was synthetic, you couldn't even tell. That's the holy grail, And we're a long, long way away from that, in my my opinion. And then there's the areas of specific AI, which is to use some of the algorithms on how uh, you train a a machine, a neural network, or these algorithms to do very specific tasks. Mm -hmm. A task might be image recognition, uh, to be able to recognize that this is a potentially cancerous uh, biopsy sample in a lab, and this is potentially not. And having a machine look at it, or to have a machine look at surveillance, uh, cameras. And to follow someone and say that's suspicious activity, those are very specific instances of AI you can 't talk to the machine and, you know and have a conversation and where we 've seen the greatest success recently is in these specific areas, natural language processing algorithms, image recognition algorithms, uh, um, decisioning and learning algorithms around game playing or you know alpha go and so forth and even though we're making progress I think towards general AI, I think that's a long way away still yeah
2: so with your company company, Complexica, Um, you've got Larry, which is interesting. I like that you named Larry. Um, And that's sales and marketing. So can you explain what what Larry does? So (laughs) um,
1: as you know, I love storytelling. And I'll tell you just a very uh, quick story on the idea behind Larry. So imagine that you have a company with a lot of salespeople and the CEO of the company gets them all together and says, you know what, salespeople, Uh, we're going to hire one Analyst for every salesperson in this room. If there's a hundred salespeople, we're going to hire a hundred analysts, and each one of these analysts is going to be paired up with a salesperson and they're going to work for them. The salespeople look around and think, Well, you know, Mr. CEO, why 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 are we doing this? What are these analysts going to do for us? What should we be doing with them? And the CEO says, that's a great question. Each analyst is gonna be helping you succeed as an individual salesperson. They're gonna be analyzing your customers, analyzing your territory, analyzing your prospects. They're gonna tell you who you need to visit, what to talk about, how to price products, what products to offer. They're gonna be riding with you in the car. You know, like politicians have the aid with the notebook, and, you know, they're going to be like that. And the salespeople think, wow, that's amazing. That really sounds that is amazing. amazing. It, it is I, need, a- I need that. Yeah, absolutely. And then the CEO says, so does everyone in the room believe that they'll be able to sell more with one of these analysts? Do you think you'll be able to see more customers, have better conversations and sell? Without a doubt, everyone puts their hand out. That's Larry. Instead of that being a physical analyst, it's on a mobile device You clip it in a car, it analyzes enormous amounts of data, everything inside your company, plus census data, social media data, anything available on the internet, analyzes it, interprets it, and tells the salespeople, hey, these are the best opportunities in this geography, and some of them might not even be your customers. Mm -hmm. And when you walk in there, these are the exact conversations that you should have specific to this individual business. Tell them, give them this piece of insight. Tell them this, tell them that. And then when you are actually transacting, Larry's telling them, hey, put these products together and then the rep says, but how should we price it? I've got that covered. Here's the price for that individual customer. So the concept behind Larry was to really uh, automate all the complex analysis that salespeople would have to do to be effective without having the need for physical analysts uh, to do that. Mm. So it's it, again, you can see it's easier to understand in a story yeah. than if you begin technically explaining, well, that's artificial intelligence and I'm it's big I am already trying to pull it out and it's going, this- how's this
2: happening though? Yeah, yeah. Which it's- is interesting because you know, data is only as good as the data that goes in. So how does Larry deal with that?
1: Yes, so you begin uh, approximating, estimating, extrapolating, just like human beings uh, do. Uh, Clever systems or clever algorithms should be evaluating, what you said, the quality of the data that they're using. Mm. Because uh, if you can evaluate uh, the integrity, timeliness of data in a machine, then the machine can be telling the salesperson, hey, this data, might not be right. So, how do you handle dirty data and incomplete data? You try to teach the machine to handle it in the same way a human would handle it. Mm.
2: And how do the salespeople go using it? Because I, you know, I've worked a lot with sales teams, and and data is kind of that, it's a pain point.
1: I can tell you a few things uh, that makes life easier for salespeople. One, if the analysis I would manually have to do is done for me and present it in a very simple and easy way to understand. Tick. Absolute tick. Not in a complex way where I have to be a scientist myself to even understand what this Mm. means. Statistical correlations and distribution curves. That will never work. So all of that complexity we're talking about has to be hidden from the salesperson. They just want the answer. Give me the result and maybe tell me how confident you are as a machine that this is correct. Based upon quality of data and some other considerations. And the second thing, and you put your uh, finger on it. Salespeople hate data entry, and, and I would even venture to say it's not just only salespeople that hate no, uh, data entry. True. Most people hate it. I like, have you ever had someone sit in this chair and say, You know what, I love data entry? I wake up in the morning and I make myself a cup of coffee and I just think, I can't wait to begin no. keying away and doing it. Right, I don't it. even think
2: I know anyone that would say that.
1: Correct. So, what <laughs> we try to do is automate data entry for the salesperson. Anything that the salesperson does is automatically captured, the location of where they were when they interacted with the customer, what the uh, transaction was, the quote, what messages they delivered, even when they walk out the door, allowing them to record notes verbally and the machine transcribes them into text and uploads that, right? So you think about it, wouldn't that be awesome for a salesperson? All your analysis is done and you're not going to have this. People should focus on outcomes of technology rather than what the technology, how it actually works and whether it's a deep learning algorithm and is it this kind of algorithm and so forth. Sure, you could answer that, but it's kind of, I feel like we've failed if those are the answers, the questions that we're, we're getting. We want them to, like people don't, uh, most people don't ask how Siri works on an iPhone. You know, the fact that you've got to, uh, think, think about that whole process, you speak, which is an acoustic wave, you know, signature coming out of your mouth that gets picked up by a device, translated into digital code, parsed, analyzed, what, what, what did you say? What's the context? Is it a question? Is it a command, et cetera? Then the machine does something, it searches for a pizza shop, it tries to find the answer and so on. Then it creates some digital code that it speaks back to you in an acoustic signal that reaches your ear and you get the answer. But, but who cares, right? What, what people should be interested in is how accurate is that? Yeah. For the vast majority of people, it's the result. It's yeah. the output. The technology that's secondary.
2: Do you see it changing um, the the direction of where people go, like, though, as far as work? So, for example, there won't be 100 analysts because you'd have Larry. Mm -hmm. So do we need to start thinking about changing where we're focusing, you know, future careers?
1: It's a really good question and a couple of answers. One... Uh, the example that we're not going to have 100 analysts, I would argue that in that business, you would have never had 100 analysts mm. to begin with. So you're not actually eliminating any job because they could have never afforded to hire 100 analysts and get them together to do this task in a manu- manual way. However, in other applications, and uh, some companies, I think AT&T in the United States has 100,000 call center operators, one company, right? So you think about the scale and, and mm. of those types of jobs. Uh, perhaps, yes, you... Shouldn't be worried. It is the job of the board of directors and the executive management team to try to reduce labor costs. Just generally, and this probably is not even in the context of AI, people should think about how they can do higher-value work, Mm -hmm. whether that's getting additional education, moving into uh, a a role or some kind of uh, adjunct, uh, like if you're in sales to learn about marketing, if you're in marketing to learn about sales. How can I make myself more valuable to the organization I work? How can I become... Uh, a person that does uh, more value adding tasks, mm. because the people that are doing things of low value, that's repetitive, etc., they're a target. That's just the reality of capitalist uh, mm. society.
2: How do small to medium businesses sort of play in that field, where you know embracing new technologies is is not something that they may feel they have this. this- Capacity to do.
1: I believe every business should have the customer as the center of the universe. If you're a small business, your focus shouldn't be, in my opinion. What technology can make me more efficient? It's important. I'll come to it in a second. But your primary focus should actually be your customer. How can I uh, add more value to the customer? What new problems are they experiencing? What can I do to solve those problems? So the whole focus becomes the customer. And as the customer changes, all of our customers are changing, it creates opportunities for these businesses to provide new services, to build deeper relationships, to solve more of these problems or help their customers succeed. And the, the small business changes as their customers changes. So that's a really, really important element. Objective number two is how can I, keeping this as my central focus, my customer, become as competitive as possible? How can I reduce my cost to deliver my service to my customers? How can I increase quality and create consistency? Of the outcomes to my customers, and then you look for various technologies. And, and how do you look? Conferences, uh, online, uh, talking to peers, customers—the center of the universe. And then you need to create a business that's really efficient and competitive in terms of what it delivers for that customer.
2: And so, in that respect, you know, the concern about having to be with the latest technology gets outweighed, and you know, the customer comes first.
1: That's my view. I, I one of my values as an entrepreneur is that the customer is the center of the universe and without that philosophy a lot of things i think can go wrong you could develop the wrong things you could neglect your customers you could lose touch with the market you could create uh, strategic plans that uh they don't make any sense Mm -hmm. and so forth so it 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 becomes kind of the anchor to which your your business is tied to
0: Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. It is our mission to help unlock the power of story through this podcast and the range of products and services that we offer. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To get in touch with any specific comments, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. Until next time.